Dave, what have you been watching? I'm up to season five on Cheers. Oh, you are yeah. motoring, aren't you? Spoilers for like a 30-year-old comedy, but Sam's just proposed to Diane and she said no. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. I watched the Tales movie. Oh, yes, I'm looking forward to watch that. It's, it's absolutely brilliant, yeah. Is it's, it, yeah? It's the same sort of animation as like the Spider-Man movies that we've had, the, you know, like the Inter-Spider-Base. It's really good. It's really funny. And what's currently just come on, it's now on Disney Plus from yesterday, the Justified City Palm Evil. Yes. It's like technically Series 7. I'm going to mention that at some point in today's episode. Yeah, because there's an actor that's in yes. in both. Yeah, yeah yes. But the, it's just good to have Timothy Oliphantastic <sighs> back and he's just, Raylan Givens. He's just, I love him. Super I just cool, love him. He? He's just, he's gorgeous man as well, isn't he? He's just like, oh yeah. What's really good as well, I think it's only... It's only six or seven parts. It's just a little mini series, partly like based loosely on one of the books. Tarantino was meant to direct it. I remember reading yeah. so. Yeah, he had to drop out because his wife got pregnant. But that was that was the original. <laughs> bit rude, that. Plan. <laughs> Such bad timing. He's just as much to blame, to be fair. But having said that, just about having kids and all that, I've just remember we were saying about just amazing facts. Yeah, I was just reading somewhere that in order for us as human beings, like you or me, to be born, it goes through this thing. So, so for you to be born, you need two parents, four grandparents. And it keeps going on and on. So then it's like eight great-grandparents, 16 great-grandparents. So it keeps going. Yeah. In order for you to be here for 12 generations, it takes over 4,000 individuals. So you, made, you and me... To go back 12 generations, I've got 4,000 people's DNA in us. Oh, it's crazy. And it? I was like, it's stuff you know if you actually think about it, but when it actually points out to you, I was like, oh my God. Because isn't it something like you've only got like a one in two billion chance of, or your, your chances of being born, obviously we won't go into all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the gory details. The gory details, but it's like a one in two billion chance yeah. of it, it's you that makes it, isn't so it? So just to get, get, do be born, to get out, mm. so to speak. Which leads into, I did go see the Jurassic Park 30th anniversary. Oh, did you go? And life finds a way. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name's Dave. This is a podcast about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and some you may never ever want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen Jojo Rabbit, fuck off Hitler. All we want to do is chat on about these movies and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. How are you? I'm all right. We're standing. We're, I'm just about to say it. It's <laughs> I don't weird. know what to do with my hands. No, I don't know what to do. I'm, I you feel... put yours behind your back, so I have, we look like a pair of wallies. You <laughs> too. I'm going to move mine to the front. So just for listeners, I have 
the whole time we've been doing the podcast, we've been sat at my desk in, in my little studio, stroke back room office. <laughs> but the whole time I've got one of them standing desks, not a fancy electric one, it's a, it's a wheel one. That I've got the winder here. You've got the winder. So we've decided to do it on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> let's, let's stand. We've got shorts and a t-shirt on. On the hottest day of the year, so. But let's see how it goes. Right, should we get on with it? Absolutely. So Dave, this week your theme is? It's 80s blockbuster theme. And your choice is? It's Predator. Oh, let's get to the chopper. <laughs> So Predator is a 1987 science action film directed by John McTiernan and it's based around an elite paramilitary rescue team who are on a mission to save hostages in guerrilla-held territory in Guatemala's Central American rainforest and they are hunted by an alien with advanced technology and the film apparently came about because of a joke after Rocky IV. So the joke around Hollywood was that Sly would have to fight an alien next because basically there's no one left to beat. And these two screenwriters, Jim and John Thompson, they took sort of inspiration from that joke and wrote the script for this. Oh, I love it. Why is it you chose Predator for your 80s blockbuster? So you can't have 80s blockbuster week and not have an Arnie film. That was my rationale behind it. We're going to talk more about Arnie's films as we go along but I think this is probably my most watched Arnie film I think personally it's his most rewatchable film as well it's another short film that I've picked it's under 90 minutes again you or do, it's just, you, just, just over 90 you, minutes you like sorry. a night, like 1 minute 27 film yeah you? this yeah. box set seems to be just under 2 hours I don't think there's any dull moments I think it's a full on action movie pretty much from the word go so it is quite lean is that the right yeah, word? yeah I would agree lean that, isn't yeah. it? I think all the main cast are perfect. The design of the Predator, just unbelievable, made by Stan Winston, who, again, we'll talk about later. It's just easily one of my favourite 80s movies. I'm glad they didn't go with the original idea, which was meant to be a band of alien hunters made of different species. And then they just went with the most dangerous species, which is man. <laughs> so the reason I'm laughing is there's a there's a there's a clip from Futurama where it's meant to be like a Twilight Zone thing where a guy's putting all the worst ingredients into all these jars to make the worst possible species and when the door opens it they go it's man <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I know it's hot as well currently like in this room and just in the UK in general, but I just feel hot watching the film as well. It's the setting and the presence of the jungle, isn't what it? What I yeah. sort of forgot about, maybe it was because of being a bit more critical because we were watching it for the podcast, but what I didn't get on to probably in the various times I watched it before is how many close-up angles there is yes. and how many scenes where it's just through the leaves and stuff. It's very hot you, and sweaty and it's, it makes you it feel is, like yeah. you're there. So yeah. I, I, I just love it. A couple of questions I've got for yeah. you on... I'm going to throw a couple of other 80s blockbusters out for you. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see why these ones didn't make your pick for this week. And you'll... you so oh, okay. first one... I'll, I'll go through all four. Okay, the four I'm going to throw at you is Terminator, the original. 70s. That's why. <laughs> was it 79? Oh, was it 84? Yeah, 84. Really? That's the original Terminator one. I thought it was older. Robocop, Top Gun, and Die Hard. So I'm just curious... Because so, I know how much you love Die Hard... I was curious whether though one of any of them four didn't okay. make it. So Terminator I totally forgot. I was thinking it was seventies. Um 
I do love the Terminator, and I would have probably would have swayed towards it, but I just think I watch Predator more and more. I don't know why, because I do love the Predator Terminator, and I've probably seen that, but just I think this is full on Arnie acting. Yeah. And Arnie just being Arnie, which, you know, obviously in the Terminator, very few lines. I think yeah. he says eight words or something yeah, silly yeah, yeah. in the whole thing. This is this is like, this is prime Arnie. Robocop, I do love. It's it's probably not one of my favourite 80s. Okay. Do love it. What was the other one? Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick I prefer now. Oh. So Top Gun's dropped down. In the overall sort of Tom Cruise list as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I, I was never a huge Top Gun fan, I'll be honest. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of my rewatchable ones. And the Die Hard one is simple. When we do Christmas movie, I'm going to pick Die Hard. So <laughs> I, I couldn't knew, pick it for this. I knew you were going to squeeze in Die Hard. <laughs> so that was, that was my reasons. And then There's an, too many. There is oh, too there many. Is, I've got to Tough say, one. I haven't seen Predator since I was possibly... 12 or 13 wow. the last time I watched it so I really enjoyed watching it again it was and I'm going to come touch on a couple of little things on the impact later there's more in this film than meets the eye definitely like it definitely so it really it really stands up quite well and I was also thinking the premise of it is it could work as a real low-budget horror film because if you just replace the jungle for the woods, the all the, the team, the army guys, as a bunch of teenagers and the predator like a madman with an axe, it's a low-budget horror film. Oh yeah, it's Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I was I was shocked how much is in this film because like I said there's been I only remember watching it as a teenager and it's like I remember the scene where they were just blasting at the trees when you thought yeah. you saw it it's like oh yes <laughs> and some of the like the throwaway dialogue like I ain't got time to bleed and stuff like that but there's so much more into this film and Schwarzenegger's performance is a little bit low key compared to what you think of him as well yeah because he's the leader in this isn't he yeah. so he, he, he isn't totally over the top is he I just think I've seen it probably oh I don't know you know if you've if you have, if you've only seen it once since 12, 13 I've probably seen it at least 20 times in between really? the last time because it's just one of them if it's on you've got to watch it I'm sure you live in a on different the, universe where you have more hours of the day because I I stay up after 9 o'clock <laughs> what it is yeah but I need to go I need to sleep I have an extra like five hours in the day than you (laughs) (laughs) alright then so who's in Predator and what will we know them from so Arnie is Dutch everyone knows Arnie I've had the chance to see the man himself you have yeah 2016 at a black tie event in Birmingham he's everything you want him to be really when he walks out yeah it's it's just he's the man isn't he but Movie-wise, obviously the Terminator franchise, True Lies, Twins, Commando, Red Heat and the Running Man. There's just too many. But my recommendation actually is the Arnie documentary on Netflix. Interesting. The three-part documentary is absolutely brilliant. And it's warts and all because he's clearly a part of it. It's not a documentary made about him. It's a documentary he's clearly involved in making. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's interviewed at every part. But it does go into... You know, the 
having a child with the maid and does go into the okay, politics. So, okay. it, it goes all through his life and, you know, he didn't have a great upbringing either. No, um, no, he had quite... In terms a, of yeah. things that happened yeah. to him and stuff. I think he's lost, he lost his brother quite early on. But that's my recommendation, that, that actually watch the documentary because I think you just appreciate how he's a person more. See, the, the two I picked out from his list, surprisingly, are Twins and True Lies. I do love him when he does that little bit of comedic role yeah. true I think True Lies is such an underrated film I, I just, James Cameron's best oh, film isn't it absolutely brilliant I love, I love True Lies so who else is in it then we've got Carl Weathers who plays Dylan who everyone knows as Apollo from the Rocky movies he's in a film called Action Jackson from 1988 which I remember we probably just had the video for he's in Happy Gilmore yes in 96 and he's currently in The Mandalorian as well he is and he also pops up as himself in Arrested Development Oh, he does. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've totally but he also, he reprises Chubbs from Happy Gilmore in Little Nicky as well. Although it's not as good I've never film. seen Little Nicky. It's not as good. Do you know why? Adam, I don't know what, Adam Sandler's having a bit of a renaissance at the moment, isn't he? But Happy Gilmore is definitely a classic, the one to watch, yeah. We've got Bill Duke, who was actually 80, 80 this year. So he plays Mac. What I noticed, and I've never seen it, but we have spoken about Out of Sight. He's in the Karen Sisko series. Got that on my list, yeah. Yeah, I've never ever seen that. He was in Payback in 1999 with Mel Gibson yeah. from Lethal Weapon. No Man's Land with Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was in Stand By Me. I'm just yeah. trying to think of links to previous podcasts. The Karen Sisko link. Hmm. Did you know the actress who played Karen Sisko in the Karen Sisko series reprises the role of Karen? The Marshal in an episode of Justified, so she's in the oh, same universe. Oh, is that universe. the same one? Yes, it's Georgia Jazino. Georgia Jazino in it. I think so. Yeah. He didn't have the <laughs> network didn't have the rights to use the name Karen Sisko, so she's got a different surname. But the story was she's actually now older and been married since. But it's the same actress who reprises the role as Karen the Marshal. I've seen that Justified episode and never even. Yeah, I didn't know either. that. I was literally just no. was like, oh, that's interesting. I like that. And so Jesse Ventura plays Blaine, who, when we were sort of kids, was a WWF wrestler, and yeah. apparently he is an ex-Navy SEAL himself. I saw that. I didn't know that, yeah. I didn't know that. He starred in The Running Man with Arnie as well, and he also was a former governor of, of Minnesota. He was. I genuinely think I picked out that I've seen of him, because obviously I know him as a wrestler, but funny enough, he was in Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger as well, but... We tend to forget about that film. Who was he? Was he? Paying? I don't know. No, what he was in it. I just, I can't remember. I just I thought can't he was remember in it. being in it. now. Yeah. I wonder if he was Bane. Maybe. But say not. No, I don't think he was. No. So Shane Black is Hawkins, who we've talked about loads on the yes. podcast. And we the the two I love is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is probably my favourite. As a writer and director, though, isn't as a writer it? Yeah. and director, he did Iron Man Three as well. Yeah, but apparently he was sneakily cast by Joel Silver. Did you read this? No. So what happened was Joel Silver asked them to do a rewrite. Shane Black said he wasn't interested, so Joel Silver cast him in the movie, thinking, "Well, it'll convince him maybe to do a bit of a rewrite," and he didn't. And if you notice, he's the first person killed off in the film. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the 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 saying that's a coincidence, but it's that to me maybe says Joel Silver wasn't too happy that he wouldn't write on the film. But then, if he would rewrite it, he'd possibly keep himself in longer. Yeah, but he didn't. He refused to. He didn't do really? it. Really? Yeah. Was there a reason? Because no, I, I don't know what the reason was. It just he approached him and he said no. So we thought, well, if we put him in the film, he might do a little cheeky rewrite why he's there and he still said no it was the same year this came out the same year as Lethal Weapon 
just on the verge as he was becoming the man. And Jill Silver would have been involved, <clears throat> read all those scripts and stuff as yeah, well. But yeah, yeah. He, said, he said no. Interesting. And then strangely, he's killed off. It's killed off. <laughs> Who we've, else have we got? We've got Sonny Landham, who's Billy. He was in Lock Up with Stallone in 89. Also in Action Jackson with um, Carl Weathers. But most famous, probably before Predator, he was Billy Bear in 48 Hours. I got that one, yeah. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy. Did you read about the fact that he had to have a bodyguard? No. So he had to have a bodyguard for insurance purposes. But it wasn't to protect him. It was to protect everyone else from him. Is he a bit mad? Like? He's a little bit mad. Tell me yeah. Me. So they wouldn't. They had to have a bodyguard on set to watch him. I did imagine that. Imagine <laughs> explaining that to people and bodyguards for for you, not for me. Yeah. Like, okay. Mad. I had doing and because he'd done a lot of TV series from the seventies, eighties, like mm. big ones. But something I haven't heard about for years. The Fall Guy. Even remember the Fall Guy. They're just doing a movie, aren't they? Oh, that was one of my nan's favourite programs. I still love the Fall Guy. Yeah. yeah, I used to love watching. That I remember the theme tune. And yes, the band. yeah, yeah. But Ryan Gosling's doing. That's Fall right. Guy. Yes, yeah. yeah. All right, then Dave, who's next? We've got Richard Chavez. He's Poncho. The only thing I've seen on the sort of list on IMDb that I probably would have definitely seen him in is LA Takedown. I've got that on which my is list. Which is like the version that yeah. Once Michael Mann got a bit more money, he made Heat. It's yeah. basically the same film. It's a cheap. It's a TV movie of Heath, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was in that. Um, I'm gonna. This is where our pronunciations always let us down. Elpidia Carrillo. I think that's pretty good. I think that's good. She's Anna. She's the mum in the Blue Beetle movie. Oh, that's, that's just come so out. That's See, a couple of things I've noticed. She was. She had a brief appearance in a series I watched for years, but I really enjoyed the first three or four series. Nashville, who with Connie Britton and Hayden Pantatiera. I think you pronounced it. Yeah, that's on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, I love that. First couple of series are really good. It's just because it's... I quite love... I've got a bit of a thing for country music, but it's, it was quite, but it's quite real right. country music. And you see all the venues. Nashville's meant to be a beautiful place, but it's a really good series. I, I, I really enjoyed that for a couple of years. So the two honourable mentions then are Peter Cullen, who yes. we know is the voice of Optimus Prime. He's the voice of the Predator in this. He does, because he, he quite often he sort of regurgitates back what they're saying, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a great voice, hasn't That's he? That's amazing. And then a special mention to Jean-Claude Van Damme, who was the original Predator. So there's different stories now about why he didn't stay on. So he was only 5'9", and he gets replaced with 7'2", Kevin Peter Hall, who, I don't know if you noticed, he's the helicopter pilot. That's right, end, I did read he? that, yeah, yeah. But you can actually see videos on YouTube of Van Damme in the original suit. It looks absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? But yeah, the, the, there's a story that Joel Silver fired him because he broke the mask, which apparently cost like $20,000. So he sacked him. One is that he kept passing out because it was just too hot. I heard it was ridiculously hot. And I saw to get the vibe yeah. right now. <laughs> and another is that he just refused to stop doing kickboxing. <laughs> That I could believe, actually. <laughs> He's just being annoying. Yeah. But Is anyone going to tell tell him to stop kickboxing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't Do you reckon no. he sent the, like, the, 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 run, the, the kid who's a runner on the production, you go and tell him to stop kickboxing? Go on, the little young kid, the Kenny. Do but don't stand too close. You yeah. would have sent the Kenny, wouldn't you go yeah. and tell him? But the other one was about the height difference, saying, obviously, with Arnie and the rest of the cast, they're all yeah. big guys. But I don't think that's true, because if you look at the suit, even in the suit, it's got a massive head on. Yeah. So... In the suit, he would have been taller than them. Yeah. But I'm glad they did replace him with a seven foot two, you know, Kevin Peter Hall, because it, it worked out in the it end. It does work out. 
But you can watch clips of uh, Van Damme if you want, running around the jungle in a, a crazy lizard suit. It's strange because when I started watching it, I was like, I was like, who actually directed Predator? I normally know who that is. Yeah. And it was like, it's John McTiernan. And you forget he did Die Hard. Like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run his list of films. This is films, this is what he made. So we, this is his run of films. Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October with Sam Neill, who's also in Hunt for World People. Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with Vengeance and The Thomas Crown Affair. That's a hell of a run of films. Mm. Not all massive big hits, because we, we mentioned before about uh, Last Action Hero. Medicine Man was, I mean, it was a massive one. But still, like people talk about Richard Donner yeah. and other directors, but, and I'm like... It's huge, but is he out of prison? I don't know. Because he went to prison, didn't he? Was it a tax thing? Because did, he did stop making films around 2012. So he went to prison. Yeah, really? I can't remember the details now. We might we, we might have to Google it, Joe, to break or something. We will, yeah. He did. He was. He's been in prison. Ah. Yeah, I'm sure it's a tax thing, but that was the gap. But yeah, certainly that list is unbelievable. And, a, and Sean Connery and the Untouchables another link to some of the yes, podcasts as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, then Dave. So that's who's in it and what else they've been in. What our listener may know them from. Who's your favourite character? From the Predator. I've gone with Arnie. I've gone with Fair Dutch. enough. <laughs> yeah, to. to be honest with you, yeah, I, I probably would have gone with Arnie as well. Yeah, it's I good. haven't. I think you knew I was going to go yeah, with all Arnie, day long, so you yeah. picked someone else. He's the main man. It's, uh, it is, as I said before, it's Arnie literally at the height of his kind of blockbuster power, height of his fame. He's absolutely ripped as well, isn't he? He is. I know he's not in his bodybuilding sort of condition, but he's because his arms are just unbelievably yeah, massive he's, he's he's in shape shall he, we he's say. in action movie shape yeah, isn't he yeah it's as action heroes goes I think Dutch is just right up there the best characters he's the he's got the customary Arnie puns he can take a beating just as much as he can give a beating out as well because you generally don't see yeah. the heroes yeah, yeah, get yeah. a arse whoop and do yeah and he does in this and if you noticed Hawkins is seen reading Sergeant Rock comics and apparently they were all around the set because Arnie was meant to do a movie version of, of Sergeant Mock. Um, but it all sort of fell through. But there was, yeah, there was comics everywhere. But I've gone I've gone with Arnie because, as you said, his performance is brilliant. He's clearly the leader of the team. He's clearly the... the yeah. Uh, is he the cleverest one? I don't know, because they're just all... They're all about the same, well, aren't they? They've all well, got that background and stuff. If I wasn't going to pick Arnie, i picked Billy because I love a character like who's who's can read the jungle and feel the vibes and I thought yeah. it was kind of, I didn't like his death I thought it was a bit and well, you, the, the scream is terrifying oh yeah I think I, I think to be honest I know I'm skipping ahead but when we talk about the, the moments the one with Billy when he strips off you do think you're going to see that fight don't yeah. you yeah, it yeah, builds up to yeah, that fight yeah, and yeah. you see Arnie sort of pull an animal away but then to just hear the scream, it's it's it's, it's horrendous. But it he's is. he is great, isn't it? As I much do as love the car. he was just as scary on, <laughs> upset as he was on. Well, he had his bodyguard, didn't he? <laughs> I wouldn't like to be that bodyguard, to be honest. So then, so moving on to your favourite scene, what have you got? Some honourable mentions then. We love an honourable. Dylan getting his arm blown off. Yes. I think it's just a shocking scene and then you see the arm fall onto the floor and it's still pulling the trigger. It's still firing. Which yeah. when we were young teenagers must have been like the best yes. thing ever <laughs> I mentioned then Billy standing on the bridge and cutting himself and making a stand. It's it's more the scream to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's yeah. not so much the, the, the build-up's amazing but 
when they're in the jungle and you hear that noise, you're like, because you just think, what has, what has mm. happened to him? And then later on you see the predator ripping his spine out and stuff. Blaine, you, you said it before, I ain't got time to bleed. And the old, his old painless, it's called the, the gun, that shoot out in the, in the jungle. Where, what I love about that scene is, though, that is a scene where you know they're all mates because nobody asks a question. Matt just starts shooting into the jungle and they go, we're doing it as well. Yeah, There's no yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hold on a minute, Mac, what's happening? What should we do? It's, do it. It's None like, of this, let's not save bullets or whatever. It's just, you're just we're, all we're in you. sync, aren't yeah, they? They're yeah. all like, if he's doing it, I'm doing and it. And it goes on for some time yeah. as well, doesn't it? It's like... They just chop up half the jungle. Yeah. But I love that scene. Obviously, you can't not mention Get to the Chopper at the end. But my favourite scene of all, it's the reveal of the Predator's actual face. For the first time? Yeah. It's some of Stan Winston's best makeup effects, and yeah. it was Oscar nominated. That whole scene of the Predator just un- you know, leaving Arnie stood against the tree, undoing the mask and the reveal. Because at that point, I think it wasn't on the posters, it wasn't yeah. in the trailer. It's, it would have been the first time anyone would have seen that face, and dead unexpected. And then you obviously get the line from Arnie saying, "You know, you're one one ugly motherfucker," yeah. which I think is really rude. Because I bet on his home planet, he's he, a sexy man. He could have been a looker. He's probably either. a really looker. He was probably hand-picked because he was the best-looking species to go off to another yeah, world. I found it quite rude when I watched it again as an adult. you know <laughs> we would never get picked for ex- extra like terrestrial exploration. Like We'll be just like, yeah. oh. He was there, Arnie. He was, Arnie. probably was, yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you? I went for the first time you actually see the Predator, not when he reveals, taking the mask off. No, when he goes to the top of the train, he's just been injured and he sort of takes his camouflage right. off and you see him. That still got me. Like, because it was, you didn't see much of him, but because he revealed, because he switched his camouflage yeah. off and you just saw him. Didn't see the mask or the much detail. But that still got me watching it all this time. It's like, it was like, oh. It's because it's practical. Yeah. I think it's exciting as well. That, that movie wouldn't have been the same now with the CGI. No. I mean, I know in the, we're going to talk about the other movies. I know some of the movies they have done, the, they have gone practical. But a CGI version of that would never have been the same. Yeah, it the, There's a lot for practical, yeah. isn't there? I picked out just about any time on, he says the word chopper. Just, <laughs> it just brings joy to people. The chopper! Because obviously it's Macbain in yeah. Simpsons. quotes it quite a lot, doesn't he? And my favourite moment is, it's the 18 montage where they make all the man-made traps. Oh, just, right. I just love it. It's just... I, do you know what? I never even thought about the A-Team when I was watching that. It but was yeah, pure A-Team, the way they all just got stuck in and he got the girl Anna involved as well. He's like, he's after us all. We need every hand. And he's like, it's just like, yes! That's you can literally have... Because they're all just like cutting trees and ropes and stuff. Like, yes, it's so A-Team. It really is. That bit made me smile last night when I watched it. All right, then, moving on to the music. So the soundtrack is by Alan Silvestri, who did Back to the Future, Flight of the Navigator, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Young Guns 2. Yes. Forrest Gump and Castaway. So he's done quite a few Robert Zemeckis films. I picked out two. It's just the main theme. The yes. main theme is brilliant. I think mean, it captures the whole... It is. It's, it's intense. Oh, it just captures the whole tone of the movie. It's strange how it, it feels military, but then you've got those old alien sort of sounds. Yeah in there or, or you know whatever those noises are gives an alien vibe anyway it's sort of got a bit of the back to the future if you listen to the whole 
version. It's quite like there's little like off the uplifting bits. I think it's got like a Jaws element. Yeah, because it's, it's chased. impending doom type yeah. of vibe oh, to it. It's just it? brilliant. Yeah. And then you've got Little Richard's Long Tall Sally from 1957, on which the, they, they blast out of the helicopter. On the day ghetto blaster. Yeah. On the tape deck. No way can a tape player like that play that loud. That's all I'm saying. Over the, over you the helicopter. You wouldn't hear that over a chopper. <laughs> you know, I had the tape recorder version the same like that. And it was like... I think my iPhone is louder now. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's probably true. The only thing I'm going to mention about Alan Sylvester, it is Alan Sylvester. Sylvestri. Sylvestri is anyone who comes up with the, the Avengers theme tune is all right in my book. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I didn't know that, Dan. I've, I've gone with the classic, like the old sort of probably 80s, 90s my favourite piece of music in, in film history just da, 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 da. I love it when you see like orchestras playing because <sighs> I sent you this didn't I the link to an yes, orchestra yeah, playing the main yeah, yeah. theme and it's just you know it's weird to watch like an Arnie action movie theme being played by a, an orchestra but it works so well it does work okay then to the question which I say every week but still one of my favourite questions what would you change if you remade this film? So I'd have been tempted not to have the spaceship scene at the start. Doesn't bring anything to it at all. Uh, just I'm leave like, a bit of mystery. Yeah, yeah Because yeah. you don't really need to know how the Predator got there. He's quite obvious he's, he's an alien. Well, I think if you've gone in cold... So we've we've spoken about this multiple times and, we, you know, in our day there was no YouTube, no yeah. internet. You, and if you didn't see a trailer of something, you literally would have seen a poster. If you've gone in cold... And you don't know what's following them for that whole section of the movie. I just think the longer you don't know, the better. See, the reveal to finally realise an alien would have been more powerful. Because just to a point, until he starts using weapons, yeah. you don't know if this is just some sort of weird animal yeah. or yeah, is yeah. this something like or, a military or, weapon? Or, or is it implying it's some like CIA sort of super yeah, soldier exactly. or something like you that? You don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. But I think having the spaceship right at the beginning, you go... Oh, right, okay, so it's an alien. I just yeah, don't know what yeah, it looks yeah. like. I probably would have took that out. And plus, the, I think the effects look a little bit dated in that bit now. The spaceship doesn't look, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. doesn't look as good. I also think the ending's a little bit cheesy now. I watch it back when I'm older. And I only stand there and kind of that military music comes on and then he's sort of sat in the helicopter and the music, sad music's on. I might have cut that. I might have ended it a bit sooner. But they're, they're me too. What did you have? I had... One point in the fact that although it's not the bit I like is know when you see him in the camouflage mood like mode yeah. and it's that that must be some sort of CGI computer effect. I think it still stands up today because oh, it's, yeah. it's so. And when he sees everyone through his heat heat lamp, it's or like whatever, a thermal. Yeah, it really works because he's obviously someone from outer space. They're gonna have different way of doing things. I mean, that all works. The only thing for me, and you always say this about things that you would change film, something that just slightly took me out of it, the cumbersome movement of the Predator on a few occasions. He was meant to be able to jump from tree to tree and jump over trip wires. But if you see you see him, the movement's a bit cumbersome and a bit clunky. And it, and it's the guy in the suit, you know what I mean? Right, okay. And it just, it just, Not as stealth. Yeah, as, it just as looked the effects. a bit... Yeah, it looked more like the guy who played Chewie 
install well, seven foot yeah, four guys not going to be that limber it looked, is he it just seemed a bit cumbersome the actual movements I'm like this guy's meant to jump from the treetops <laughs> like, like a monkey or something is that because he's injured at that point though maybe I don't know possibly I don't know but I know, I know where you're coming from anything that sort of goes well <laughs> how's he done this five minutes ago to now he's a little bit slower but I'm, yeah. I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to veto that and say it's his injury Okay, he's well, injured. It's your it's your choice of film, Dave. So you can veto it. Fair enough. Right then, the question of impact. What impact did this film have on you, in general? So Predator opened at number one with a twelve million dollar weekend, and it was only second to Beverly Hills Cop that year. Oh, that's a it says a lot, doesn't that's it? That's a good year of films. I was surprised to read that it did have mixed reviews at the time, even though it's now like a bit of a yeah, you know, it's a classic, isn't it? I think the poster's iconic. Yes, that that poster of Arnie standing there with the it is like thermal sort of colours behind. I, I probably had that poster at the time. It was only made for eighteen million, and it's still the second highest grossing film in the franchise after Alien v Predator, because this all led to basically novels, comic books, video games, toys. It's got three sequels and a prequel. So we got Predator Two in nineteen ninety with um, Lethal Weapon star um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. Danny Glover. Danny, uh, Donald, 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 Donald Glover. Donald Glover. I'm getting me, me Danny's mixed up. Who's from Community? Yeah, we've got Community. We've got <laughs> we've got two Glovers, haven't we? We've got Lethal Weapon. We've got Community linking to the podcast. Uh, we have Predators in 2010. The Predator from 2018, which was the Shane Black one, which was pretty awful. Prey, which came out in 2022, went straight to um, streaming because it was all kind of during COVID. You've got a crossover then with the Alien franchise, which produced the Alien v Predator films. So we had Alien v Predator in 2004 and Alien v Predator Requiem in 2007. But it's not one of Arnie's top 10 box office movies. Interesting. Now his top one is Terminator 2 with 515 million, but it's not even in the top 10. Okay. But in terms of impact... It's it, it has stood the test of time. I think. I think, so, I think yeah. people find it all the time, and obviously now you've got all those those it's, franchise. It's a hell of a franchise because it, it it's gone different ways as well, hasn't it? It's like like the Alien v Predator was such a. I think that did that come from a comic? I think or, it was a comic yeah. first, yeah. Yeah, it was such a novel twist on on, on crossover to two. Predator Two, I think, still stands up. That's got Gary Busey, who's mm. um, just always a madman. The one thing that was annoying with Predators, the 2010, did you ever, do you ever remember the trailer? So the trailer's got a scene with, um, I can't remember the actor's name now, but he's, he's basically the lead. He's, he's the guy who was in like Peaky Blinders, he's been in the few for other bits. And in the trailer, he's in, he's in the, the, the jungle and next minute all the red dots just start coming on him and it's so cool. But it's not even in the film. It's not in the film. It's not in the film. Oh, I hate it when you yeah, do stuff like so annoying. See, I'm said that Marvel do it quite well because I feel like they... They s- hold stuff back, yeah, don't they? Yeah. yeah, I think like they sort of mislead people a little bit with the trailer. It felt like it was maybe filmed just for the, for the trailer. Speaking of which, hasn't some fan brought a, a court case against the producers of Yesterday? No, the over the Anna, Anna, Anna de Armas thing. Yeah, yeah, because she was in a trailer, but not they cut her part yeah. out in the film. I find that fascinating. So what? Well, there's more to that because she's in she's in the trailer, and obviously they decided not to put it in. So what happened was their big man, their the two guys that was suing. I think it is two, isn't it? Big huge Anna de Armas fans went to see. Her. She obviously didn't turn up. 
they noticed when it was released on Google, she's listed in the cast. Right. So they paid to watch it again, thinking, oh, it's going to include the scene with her, and it doesn't. Okay. So Google's a little bit sneaky, really, listing there. So they sued, basically, because they were like, we paid to watch this film twice, and she's not in it. So I'd sort of, I, I get the, yeah, where the bank comes from. Yeah, it seems a little bit OTT, it's extreme, sue yeah. someone. Adrian Brody, that's who's in it. Adrian Brody, of course. That's who's in evil. The only thing, I, I just wanted to just come back to the impact question and just indulge me to pull a thread here, Dave. Go because on. it was something I sort of touched on when we did the Lethal Weapon episode the other day about the one of the key points of an, especially an 80s blockbuster, is the theme of hyper-masculinity. Yeah. And American patriotism. So they're like two key themes from 80s films. Now, on the surface, and this goes back to what I said before, Predator hits them perfectly. You think, oh, it's such a like an 80s film. It's got, you know, think about the hyper-masculinity. Think about the arm wrestling theme between Duke and Dylan when he meets. It's like, yeah. oh, it's very similar. It's a soft one, isn't it? Yeah, it's very similar to the Top Gun scene where they're playing beach yeah. volleyball and stuff like that. It's all there. But then, where I'm going with this, and this is what I was saying before, is, is the film is actually more here than what I initially thought of and what other people thought of because it actually sort of spins that that idea of masculinity just a little bit because if you just bear with me if you think about the scene where near the end where the predator then goes man man with with duke no weapons yeah he sort of that is that's his pride he says i'm going to take you on my own don't need me weapons yeah. that's a masculine trait is that's pride isn't it but in the end that led to his downfall so it's like, is the idea of masculinity slightly flawed? Because, do you get what I'm saying? It was like sort of, and that's what I'm thinking. The film sort of chips away at what we perceive a little bit. And, and there's another there's another bit as well, like straight after, where the predator, and then bear in mind, at that moment where you could kill him with the rock, he stops and shows compassion, hmm. which is slightly, when I watched it again the other night, it's like, Oh, that took me slightly. I wasn't expecting that. The bit where then the predator takes himself out rather than be killed is a very toxic masculinity trait. As in, that's scorched earth. It's like if you can't have me, no one else yeah. can. That type. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, and I was like trying to think. Oh, this is quite interesting because you'd think it's a real. It ju- I don't know, I it, just thought there's more there. There's, do you know what I mean? It, com- it comes down to two hunters, doesn't it? Yes. It's not so much that he's he's just an alien who's there to collect trophies, which he is. Yeah. But as you said, there's those scenes where there's the opportunity to just shoot Arnie, you know, or, or just you just slash his, you know, cuts his head off or whatever, you know, where he pins him down with the... the um, w- what do you call like the spikes on his yeah. thing. He could have just killed him there and then, but he doesn't. He throws him up against the wall and goes, I've tried to beat you with every weapon I've got available. Mm-hmm. And now let's let's yeah. just go. Like, it's fists, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, it's punchy, punchy but time, isn't it? I just found it fascinating because, like I said, it's always, like, upheld as a classic 80s film with this hyper-masculinity with American patriotism. And bear in mind as well, actually Dylan is the CIA 
he's the sort of bad guy in this as well, isn't he? Like, he is, he leads like, them in like there, doesn't he? Duke is the one who basically says, they, they, they're not assassins, they only go in to rescue people as well, which is, you know, that slightly different take on it. I was like, it, I don't know, it just, it made me, while I was watching it last night, it made me think, this is not quite what I remember mm. the film being. There's, there's a little bit more. And it's, I think you're right with Arnie. When, when the, the Predator's lying there, Arnie knows he could just kill him with the walk. But even Arnie thinks that's not in fitting with yes. what's just happened. Obviously, if he knew he was going to set a bomb off, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he would have. But yeah. he, at the time, he's just thinking, well, I think he's probably thinking, he could have killed me. Definitely. No problem. He give me a chance to let's 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 fight. I've won. I've won. I'm going to walk away. It's a bit like a boxing match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You don't punch them when they're down, do yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. And that's what happened. I just thought it was that, that it was fascinating. I was all about that scene. What got me started down this road, where the predator then pulls weapons down for, I'm going to take you on, man, oh man. And it was like, I was like, that's really interesting because that did lead to his downfall. So therefore, is the film saying? That in essence, masculinity is flawed, which then blows the whole <laughs> thing about the film up. Of it just being an action movie. Yeah, and I'm like, and then it got me thinking is this where, did this start planting the seed a little bit with Shane Black? Because Last Action Hero is specifically a film where he deconstructs classic action movies it just made me because he was, yeah. he was it, it probably like uh, as much as we know we did might on it probably led it definitely influenced them because he, he was around yeah. there so I, I'm just looking up um, McTiernan so go on I, I was totally wrong by the way on April 3rd 2006 McTiernan was charged in federal court with making a false statement to an FBI investigator because he hired a private investigator to illegally wiretap the producer of his film Rollerball in August 2000 they had a disagreement with about what type of film it should be. So he hired a private investigator. Bit hardcore. And Over yeah, made false statements. And he, um, So he was arraigned and pleaded guilty in August 2006. Um, I, won't read, I won't read the whole thing, but basically, yeah. It was, so he didn't it, go it to prison then? That. Yeah, he did, yeah. You really went to yeah, prison yeah. for that? Immediately proceeded to sentence of four months imprisonment and £100,000 in fines. That's a bit hardcore. He was ordered to surrender in 2008, but was allowed to remain out, allowed to remain out of prison pending appeal. There's more. There's there, there's a whole story about so the whole he thing, sort of oh interesting. That I knew he was, I knew he'd been in trouble and I knew things had gone on. It's even gone to the Supreme Court. Apparently, the whole thing. Right then, Dave. It's that time. Inbox F3 for the quick fire round. <laughs> Okay, Dave, I'm going to ask you six questions today. I need your first answer as quickly as possible. That's why it's called the quick fire round. In dim lights. Not after last week. <laughs> okay, are you ready? In a fight, who would win? Arnie's T-800 or The Predator? Oh. You must delete one film from history. The Predator or Die Hard? Predator. Who's the baddest alien of all time? E.T. Okay, <laughs> an 80s sci-fi film or an 80s action film? Action, I think. It's too many to choose from. So you're so you choosing that over Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, this, this, this... that's your quick fire round. I've, I've <laughs> taught you answer. Okay, 
in honor of Jesse Ventura, your favorite WWF wrestler. No, no, this WWE crap. Favorite WWF wrestler. But Hitman Hart. Last question. Is Arnold a good actor? Absolutely. So we've established then, I'd not choose Predator and not choose the genre Predator's cast in as well. <laughs> on, on my weekly chase. <laughs> Excellent episode already. Way <laughs> too many action movies to choose from. Because that means you don't get lethal weapons. So. Moving on, Dave. Where can the listener watch The Predator? So if you've got a Disney subscription, it's, it's on there along with Prey, which is definitely worth watching. You can pay for it as well on YouTube, Google Play and Amazon. Excellent, great. So I love it when it's on Disney Plus and Netflix and Amazon. Except when it's on that 3V, but we'll come back to that, I'm sure, at another <laughs> point. Okay, if you like The Predator, what else will you like? I'm going to kick this off, as always. The themes I've gone with this week are reboots. I'm going to, I've picked a couple of rebooted films and some rebooted TV series, okay? Because in honour, because I think... Predator's been rebooted and rebooted three times now. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. So my rebooted films are Bumblebee. I think it's such an underrated film. We went to see that, didn't we? We enjoyed it, didn't we? I just think it doesn't get the credit deserves, that one. And I I feel like they've messed it up again with the the next one. But hey-ho. The 2011 The Muppets film with Jason Segal. I think it's a cracking reboot of The Muppets. X-Men First Class. Love that. I yeah. think it's a cracking reboot of the... Of the it's um, a cast, that like that. Such oh, a good cast, so, isn't it? Like, McAvoy and Fessman there. Oh, my God. Who met on Band of Brothers. It's where they became friends. Oh, excellent. Yeah. J.J. Abrams, 2009, Star Trek. Anything with Chris Pine, I'm in. Yeah, any of the Chris's. Yeah, we'll, we'll we, we do. We love a Chris yeah. on here. Top Gun Maverick. Definitely. Which I think you, you know, what you mentioned before, yeah. It was the best movie that year. Definitely. Casino Royale. I think it really just put life it, it back re- into it. It's a proper reboot, yeah, that, isn't yeah, it? it? That is really... a reboot. Okay, for me, TV reboots. Sherlock. Yeah, I enjoy really Sherlock. Really. Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah, I love Cobra one. Kai. I can't believe I I didn't watch Cobra Kai for so long. I think then, we were four seasons in before I was yeah, saying you need to yeah, be watching like, and this. And then I just, yeah. I think we, me and Jackie ended up binging it in like mm. days, like literally. Um, Fargo. Yeah, the series is excellent, oh, isn't it? So good. It's back I think, soon. Yeah, I think we're still we need to go back and watch season three, I think. Star Trek the Next Generation. Not because I'm a big Trekkie, but I felt like it was the beginning of the movement where it was okay to be a nerd and a geek because you know, Star Trek Next Generation opened the door for so much sci-fi and, and geeks films and TV. I think that was that was the turning point for a lot of people. And one to come, X-Men 97. Yeah, I think Disney. it's been pushed back to next yeah, year, hasn't I it? No, yeah. But that's mine, that's mine to come. So then Dave, what's yours if you like the Predator, you will like this. So I've gone with two themes and the first one has to be around Stan Winston. So he did sadly pass away in 2008, age only 62. He's won four Oscars, a million other awards. We won't list them all, but the films they worked on, The Wiz from 1978 with Michael Jackson, which is absolutely terrifying. It's just just terrifying. (laughs) But but his his work on that in in terms of the effects. He did The Thing in 1982 with Kurt Russell. He did The Terminator and Terminator 2, and he won two Oscars for that. 
uh, for, for Terminator 2. He did Aliens and won the Oscar in 1986. He did Edward Scissorhands in 1990, did Batman Returns in 1992. He won the Oscar for Jurassic Park as well. And he did Galaxy Quest and I'm... Oh, I love Galaxy Quest. So he's, he's just he's just an absolute legend. So if you've never heard of Stan Winston, go Google him, find out more about him. You probably didn't yeah. realise he was involved yeah. in a lot of those, those films, if you're not as sort of geeky as us. And then I've just gone with movies that have got aliens in them. Fair enough. The Iron Giant. Excellent choice. Which we've done a podcast episode about. We love that film from 1999. You can't say aliens without mentioning alien and aliens. Yes. <laughs> from Ridley Scott and James Cameron. E.T. you were mentioned before in the quick Oh, he's round. a badass as well, he's a isn't he? badass from 1982. I reckon he's got skills that we really needed to. Oh, I, I reckon, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came to destroy the Earth, I think, but just fell for Elliot. That's my view. Oh. <laughs> um, a Quiet Place from 2018 with Emily Blunt. You probably want to watch that because no. it's a horror film. Oh, is this with John Krasinski? Yeah, John Krasinski. I think he wrote and directed, he directed it, didn't he? directed it, yeah, yeah. The Arrival. Oh, yes. We've mentioned this before, this. We went to see this. Dennis Villeneuve, yeah. Oh, what a film. A and it film. doesn't get spoken about hardly anymore. No, it's... Um, we, we both left a very silent cinema, it's, didn't we? It, and it took a while to, like, it, sink it in. It stayed with me, that film. I don't know what it was, because... Is it the best film I've ever seen? No. But for some reason, it just, it did stay with me. I think seeing it in the cinema always yeah, helps with anything, doesn't yeah. it? And then the last one is The World's End from Edgar Wright with Simon Pegg, um, Nick Frost uh, from 2013. Anything about The Matrix this week? Oh, right. So, yes, I was meant to mention it earlier. <laughs> when we were talking about the 80s action stuff, what I was going to say is it wasn't really till The Matrix come along. Never seen it. Jesus Christ. Where... Sort of martial arts was in like the mainstream sort of films. Obviously, all those Bruce Lee and Jackie yeah, Chan yeah, films yeah. existed, but in terms of like blockbuster big movies, yes, yeah. The Matrix, the first big one. Because really, if you think about it, go back and watch some of those eighties things. No one kicks anyone. It's all punches. It's all Arnie's arms, isn't it? You know, I know yeah. he kicks a few doors now, but he's not doing roundhouse kicks and any sort of karate because he's so big. Except if you watch Van Damme's Kickboxer. Yeah, yes, if you want something like that. There's a bit of kicking in there. But in terms of like martial arts, like kickboxing obviously is based on kickboxing, but what I mean is like the likes of some of the big the big blockbuster movies and like the Salai and the Arnie films. It's all about brute force, isn't it? Do you know what? That's what makes the fight at the end of Lethal Weapon so like Brutal. striking because it was like just like loads of different types of fighting. That's what I mean. It, it, I When I watched Lethal Weapon again, I was like, it was right. It's like I, this is bonkers because you, it wasn't. It was yeah. all about brute strength, like one punch, one big gun, blah blah blah. I think how it went on to become like in Civil War, the MCU film. The the, the fighting in that is just so intricate, and the way the camera moves with you. And all yeah, that. it's all very choreographed, yeah. isn't it? Whereas a lot of the Arnie and Sly is one punch. You're yeah, you're yeah. going on, yeah. <laughs> all right then, Dave. That was your choice of the Predator this week. Watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Vals lad, on work experience. 
don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from. Come on, it's not funny now. Where are you?